0: Dot .com. Now your host, Marguerite Crisfellow. Hello everybody.
1: This is Marguerite Crisfellow and thank you and welcome for joining us today on another fabulous edition of Real Estate Real World. Today we have a very special guest, my very good friend that we also happen to share a birthday with. We both have our birthdays in November. And I am actually one year older than you, so way older and wiser. But I'm excited today to have James Becker here with me with Fusion Growth Partners. He is the CEO, visionary, and entrepreneur of this incredible company that is a business accelerator for real estate agents and teams. So welcome to the show, James. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you. So I would love for you to share with our audience a little bit about your background. Like what what have you been doing that led you into what you're doing now?
2: Okay. Well, I uh, got licensed back in 1990. Uh, I worked for Cook uh, Real Estate down in South Sacramento. Had about uh, six months of a good market, and then we had uh, the first Gulf War, And um, the market stopped on a dime, and I had to really buckle down and work really hard because I had just recently gotten married, I had a baby on the way, and I needed to provide for my family. And so I worked very hard using the Mike Ferry system uh, and cold called until my fingers bled and (laughs) knocked doors and all those types of things. And uh, I eventually burned out. I uh, did pretty well. Um, my production was in the top 1% of the nation in 96 and 97, and, uh, but I burned out. Right. And so I started uh, another business, which was a, a business development company. We worked for uh, professional firms that were trying to sell to other businesses, and we generated appointments and got people in to meet with CEOs and CFOs and COOs, those types of things. And along that process, we grew, but uh, we had a number of challenges and made it difficult for, uh, for me to get into profitability. And along the way, I met uh, a gentleman by the name of Kurt Reisick, oh, who yeah. was the uh, founder of American Pacific Mortgage and Big Valley Mortgage. Awesome guy. Uh, an amazing guy and uh, I had a a meeting with him and was sharing some things and he took me to task on a couple of things Uh, I would say took my inventory in the meeting Um, and I walked out of there uh, asking myself you know who the heck is this guy (laughs) I ended up uh, closing down my business in a couple of months and went to work for him and worked for him for six or seven years, uh, it was an incredible learning experience, being mentored by him and, and watching his company grow. And then, uh, when we went into this the Great Recession uh, back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, uh, I was on the mortgage side. I really enjoyed the real estate side more. And on the mortgage side, I was helping agents and coaching agents on growing their business. And I decided that I wanted to get back into that full time and. And so I had this idea of uh, providing back office. It's morphed into something much more than that. Um, But so here we are now. We, We consider ourselves a business accelerator for successful agents who are trying to actually grow a company. And I say company because the focus of our business is helping real estate agents who are freelancers Move from being a freelancer into actually having a company that can function without them.
1: Well, and I know that that's pretty powerful. I mean, what do you like? What led you to realize that this needed to happen? I mean, there's a lot of real estate agents that struggle, and it seems that very few ever get to the point where they think in that way. Why is that, do you
2: think? Well, why do they not? Think in that way. I think primarily because um, there are so many vendors who are selling the magic pill. It's kind of like people who want to get in the shape, and if if I could just do this one simple thing, and I'm going to be beautiful and healthy and be able to wear my bathing suit on the beach uh, by doing something super simple. That's very seductive, and so I'm looking are,
1: for that pill. Do you right. have it?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we wanted. What we want to do as, as human beings, is, we in my opinion, is we want the easy answer. And so that last easy answer didn't work, so then I do the next one and the next one and the next one. And what we don't do as a whole is realize it's, it's hard work to move to that next level and you have to think through the processes and you have to invest time and money. And our industry as a whole just doesn't do that. We don't want to invest time and we don't want to invest money. We want a simple answer. And and the industry, in the way that it works right now, is we go out there, we get a client, we sell a house, we make ten to $20,000 when we start, and, and that's, you know, it, it, it kind of sets the stage for the rest of the business, but that's not the way it works. And most real estate agents, what they do is they'll come in. If they're good salespeople, and they're good people, and they have charisma, they will get some clients, right? and they will sell some deals, and then they'll feel successful because they're... Uh, in the process of of making some money. But what happens is if they're good, their business is going to grow. And as their business starts to grow, they cannot manage everything that they're doing and so that they work harder and longer and harder and longer. And most good agents burn out somewhere between six to nine years. And then their business just falls off a cliff. They may still be in the business, but what they were producing previously um, is much more than what they're producing when they get to their 7th, 8th, or 10th or year, typically. And, you know, the amount of times that I've heard, I used to be a top producer, I was a top producer, um, is, is more than 99%. I think probably if you look at the amount of people that come in the business that it's less than 10% of 1% that will develop a long-term successful business, that that person has some freedom in their life, that they are not tied or anchored to their business where they have a job that they can't clock out of. And so our focus is how do you grow a company? How do you actually grow a business? And the answers aren't simple. You have to invest time that you're not going to get paid for immediately and you have to invest money that you are not going to get paid for immediately and you have to implement delayed gratification and as a, as, 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 as a, 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 as a human race or our country or, or the communities that we're in for the most part we don't want to do that we, we want to go into the gym workout one time and and have all the results that we want but it doesn't work that way in my opinion.
1: So, uh, so I know, I realized too that as an industry, what real estate attracts in a lot of ways are people who don't want to work, right? Like the main reason many people get into real estate is because they saw the commission on a sale that they did and they thought, well, that didn't look hard. That couldn't possibly be that difficult. They want to have the freedom with, you know, their schedule and their hours. And so they really don't want to work they think well I can kind of come and go as I please and we all know that in any kind of business you can't do it that way
2: so that's 75 percent of the business and for those people we don't we don't even spend time with those individuals because it's a no-win situation they are never going to get anywhere Uh, I hear a lot of people that we interview say that they need to stop working hard and and start working smart. I think you need to work hard and smart to get there. But what I'm really focused on is that top 25% that actually want to grow a business actually have some discipline in their life. Um, and, uh, And those are the people who are looking for answers, but there really isn't Anything um, that I know of that has a gradual step-by-step process that allows them to do that. I think probably the closest thing is uh, Gary Keller's um, book, uh, The Millionaire Agent. Right, right, The Millionaire Agent. And that there are a number of, of systems that are in there. But even if you take those systems, you have to go granular on how you are going to, To implement your 33 Touch, what exactly it is that you're sending out on a regular basis, who's sending it out, who's paying for it, what the financial structure is on the amount that you're investing back into your business, and it goes on and on and on from there. So you get these general ideas, which are great, but now how do you actually execute it? And, and there's a huge delta between those two.
1: Well, that's where the big issue is, right? It's like, when do you have the time? I mean, what typically I see happens is you get out there and you hustle, 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 and you get a few deals in contract, and then people are stopping everything else so that they can take care of those couple deals. Right. And then those deals close and fall off, and you're out of business again, and you're starting that hustle again. It's why we see the roller coaster ride of the industry. Don't you agree?
2: Yes. As a matter of fact, there's a presentation that I give that I have these steps on how you grow a business that is a company that's separate from yourself. The first thing that you need is ambition and dedication and hard work, the work ethic. And that's, that eliminates 75% of the right. industry that's in there, right. right? So then for the other 25%, then you need to have time to keep the food on the table. You have to keep the business going so that you can pay your mortgage, pay your rent, uh, and, and, and eat, And when I'm talking to most agents, I say, how much free time do you have after those two things? And the answer is none. But the problem is, is the next step, you now have to work on the system. You have to create a business plan. That's not goals. Goals is not a business plan. A business plan is actually how you're going to execute um, a process of building and writing out detailed systems and processes and then taking those systems and processes and interviewing and hiring employees and then how are you going to pay for those employees how do you have the money to pay for those employees and then as you're growing a company growing a company is significantly different than selling real estate it's uh, Michael Gerber has a, a fantastic book out, Everyone Should Read, which is the E-Myth Revisited. Best book ever. Okay. And basically what happens is, is he, he talks about Sarah, who's a great pie baker. And because <laughs> she can cook these amazing pies, she opens up a pie shop. But running a pie shop is significantly different than, than baking a pie. And that's the same thing. And so most entrepreneurs are or basically technicians that are good at a specific task and so realtors typically are good at relationship building and nurturing clients and pushing the ball across the goal line to get a deal close that's what they're good at but then creating a structure and organization is something that is is completely different so the way we view it and the way that we share the, the kind of what our vision is for the agents that we work for is we see them as the rock stars. So they're Beyonce or Bruno Mars. And our job is to be more of the concert promoter to come in and to build infrastructure around them, make sure that we're getting some seats uh, into the auditorium and manage those details because the art itself of singing or performing is a full-time job of developing that
1: absolutely
2: and so if if you look at any successful business that's around you cannot show me one person who does everything themselves that has a successful business it just doesn't exist so there are two guys in the, in the last few decades that has changed our world uh, that's steve jobs and bill gates right and both of those people had partners right in the beginning. They were not doing everything themselves. They had people that were out doing things. They were the visionary, but both Bill Gates and Steve Jobs were giving stock away in their company. They were not trying to hoard everything. And this is the other thing about our industry. Everybody I need 100%. Why? 100% is if you think you need 100%, you are absolutely on a death march. It may be 10 years it may be three years, but unless you're sharing with someone who's going to help carry and pull the wagon for you, because the, the truth of the matter is, at some point, you can only pull the wagon so far yourself, and then you're tired. You have to stop, and who's going to pull the wagon? And if your wagon stops, guess what? Your business has stopped. Right. And so this process of just understanding these fundamental things that we cannot do everything ourselves that we need help and if we need help what does the industry do oh i can get that free over here i can get that free over there well you can get a little bit of stuff but it's not all that good and it's not consistent and i don't know anybody quite frankly that's run a a a marketing program through let's say a title company or um something of, of that sorts that uh, has been consistent that's lasted more than two or three months.
1: Well, don't you think a big part of that, of why they do that, is because they just don't want to deal with it? I mean, I think that what happens many times is you are you get so overwhelmed, like you said, you get so busy, you have so many things going on, and you're thinking, I don't have the time, the energy, or the resources to stop and think that process through, that's which part is what of you it. guys have done. That's part of it, but
2: you could hire somebody to do that you could
1: but you can't hire someone to write your business plan i mean i suppose you could but you but at the end of the day you have to be involved in it like you have to think through well not only writing the business
2: plan you have to study on how you're going to put together a business plan you have to have a concept and that means you have to be listening to these types of things to podcasts you've got to be out studying how other people are doing it and then taking those elements and copying the best thing for example and this is the other thing is that you don't have to create something from scratch. Uh, We fly today basically in an easy boy chair through the air. We cross the country in uh, four or five hours in total comfort drinking champagne in first class. right? (laughs) And all of that is because we have made progress because from the original Wright Brothers uh, flight, I think in 1903 or something along those lines, Everybody has taken the technology that was there and has improved on it. And so you have to understand what that base technology is, and that takes time and energy. And so there's two things. I think there's an arrogance of most real estate agents that because they sold a couple of houses or had a good couple of years that they think they understand actually how to develop a business plan. But I do think there is this greed part where they don't want to spend any money. And I think that is the fundamental problem. If you look at industries today, I downloaded this recently, that the margin of almost every single industry is, um, the highest margin, by the way, was 24%. That's the net income. Wow. 24%. Okay, In a business, not a freelancer, not a graphic designer who's doing all their own work. That's, that's 100%. We're not talking about freelancing. We're talking about actually a company. And a company can scale. A, free, a freelancer cannot scale. So the, the average was about 10% net. That was the average. The highest was 24%. Do you know what that was? Who? It's the bankers.
1: Oh, well, the there bankers you go.
2: have by far the largest uh, margins out there, but the bottom line is is, can you imagine investing in a company, buying stock in a company that was not hiring people, not paying good salaries, not doing r and d research, not advertising for their business to grow? Would you invest in that kind of company? Heck no. okay, but most agents that 's what they 're doing they 're investing almost all of their time, all of their energy in their own business where they refuse to invest in it. And if they refuse to invest in it, the bottom line is, 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 is that survive? it's going to perish.
1: Well, don't you think... I mean, I know for a fact... So that- this is a fundamental
2: <clears throat> fact, though. If you do not invest in your business, you, will, you may be able to do 40, 50, 60, maybe even $80,000 a year for 20 years. But unless you invest in your business... By growing a team and and building a brand, you will eventually burn out because you are on your own. And that's the point. You can pull your wagon so far, but just because you pulled it two miles doesn't mean you're going to be able to pull it 200 miles.
1: Well, I know that we've had this conversation before, too. And don't you see that the, the, the majority of the agents overestimate what they make and underestimate what it costs? And this is true because I remember this survey that was done years ago by uh, NAR, Realtor, Realtor.com. Right. And they reflected that the average agent across the country makes approximately $50,000 a year gross. Right. Before expenses, before broker splits, and that their average expenses were $500 a month. Well, I know for a fact there's not an agent around. That's a cell phone bill. That doesn't even cover gas.
2: It's not a great survey, by the way. Because Terrible. Because the methodology is is that they send it out and they only take the information from the people who send who respond, it back. To correct. Them. And so it's going to be skewed higher. So actually, the numbers are probably far less than that.
1: Right, but you know, my point is is that they address that the average expenses are five hundred dollars. Right. And there's not. I don't know an agent around that does more than one or two deals a year that can spend.
2: So that would 500. be five hundred dollars. That would be your auto. So that is an agent who spends no money. Right, and that's why and they're only is,
1: making $50,000 a year before that, expenses.
2: So here's the thing. So, for instance, I had a conversation with this couple that was in their 50s and they decided to, to not work with us. But here's the problem they have absolutely no retirement, they are already tired, they're already burned out. And no they medical make, benefits. They make sure. a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, which is a great income, but they are already tired, they're burnt out, they're pulling the wagon themselves. So what happens if one of them gets sick? Yeah. They right. probably
1: don't have medical insurance either, is my guess.
2: They, 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 they are in, in, in deep trouble. Right. And so it's this lack of looking around the corner, the lack of vision, the lack of, of, you know, we've all been raised to have some kind of uh, idea in case the sky falls, that you've got to have a backup plan. Right? Some kind of backup plan. And I'm not talking about a different company. I'm talking about can we uh manage this stressful situation? What is our plan if we if all of a sudden the market turns down? How are we going to pay our bills? And and that's what when we saw it in two thousand six, two thousand seven, everyone was making a half a million dollars a year and they are spending six hundred thousand exactly. dollars a year. Yeah. And then the market turns. And actually, when the market turns, if you have a business, that's where your business can skyrocket, because everybody goes into a hole, but if you have the ability to then um, take advantage of a down market, your business can can skyrocket. I'm
1: just, I'm trying to think, because I was literally, I don't know if I was listening to a podcast, or watching a video, or where I saw this, but I saw something that said, the greatest wealth has been obtained during times like the Depression, right? Right. And you know that's where who was it that went from four million to, hundred and ten million? I wish I could think of what I was right. listening. I was just listening to this yesterday, so it's fascinating that you bring that up. Right. But, and I know for me, when two thousand five and six hit, most agents got out, and I had to redirect. Right. I had to figure out a different way. Right. And I was able to thrive. You know, during that market. Right. But. Not necessarily because out of plan, right? It was more because out of desperation mode. It's right. like, okay, well, this isn't working, so I got to go find another option. right. So how how can we start to make changes with that, though? Because I feel like I've had this conversation before, and I don't really seem to see much headway in it. I know that like some companies are now doing these expansion teams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it appears to me that, they're expanding on what is already not a strong foundation
2: yeah so the kelly williams expansion team model i think is 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 very interesting and, and i i think that there is real merit in it yes um the, the thing that i don't understand is why someone is in portland is expanding into los angeles if if you are in a neighborhood important in portland, in portland you know, just like uh, with with an army of force, you have to have supply lines. Right. And so, and you also understand the train a little bit better. And so, to me, it would make more sense for them to expand in something that is right next door to them, where they can then leverage the branding that they already have versus starting uh, from scratch. And then also, they're going to be able to manage their uh, organization uh, a little bit better and, and protect themselves. I, I think that they're... Is the potential that as you have a team uh, leader in a hub that is two hundred miles from you to keep that person uh, working for you and for the benefit of your business, so that hub is going to be a little bit more. Uh, I think that's going to be a challenge mm-hmm. uh, in in the future for some of these expansion teams, but. Um, You know, there's more to be discovered uh, by that. I think it's great for the Keller Williams model, and and you know again with Keller Williams, I I think the the one thing that I think is fascinating uh, about this organization is that they absolutely have a culture about building a business. There's a lot of conversation about that, but let's talk about another uh, issue that I see a lot. So what happens is is that we uh, let's say we even come up with a business plan most agents then get a a telephone call from someone and there's going to be this mike ferry or tom ferry or whatever workshop there is and and they go off and they learn something and they have something now that they want to implement in their business what i see mostly is these agents do not execute they'll start it but they don't have the discipline to be fanatical about having whatever that they're executing in a routine for a long period of time. And the reason why this is important is, and we'll go back to health, if you want to develop strength in your muscles, you start a weightlifting uh, process where you go in and um, you start in the first day, the next day you are incredibly sore because you haven't used muscles that they have been dormant for a while and all of a sudden you have all this pain. That's the same thing with um, investing. You're, you're, You're putting money into a new process. You're putting time into a new process and there's no value. But over a period of time, six months, a year, two years, there are significant compounding effects that comes from doing a routine of working out every other day or every day whatever the case may be and those small incremental steps have huge dividends but what we don't do is if they if it doesn't pay a dividend right away we stop it as a whole so true and 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 that's a big part of the problem so one of the things that we talk about with our agents with our coaching is stop looking for new systems you have a business plan execute that business plan. As you execute that business plan, you find little tiny nuances that all of a sudden will make a significant difference to the yield of the exercise that you're going through. And if you are not fanatical about doing those routines, not fanatical about finding the little nuances that make a huge difference, you never find them. And so you do a general overview of something where... Uh, you just don't do it very well, and, and then there's not much effect to it. And so you, you know, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player, uh, um, I watched Stephen Curry last night, I think he's probably the best ever. That was amazing. But um, the, uh, Michael Jordan, you know, had this assumption that he could go play baseball, Uh, after his his basketball career you know he played in the minors but probably it wasn't Michael Jordan he would have never even made the team right and you know you just cannot be great at two wildly different things and so you have to find those nuances that that make a difference and so I'm going to come back to this you have to be fanatically disciplined about executing routines. And I think the only way that you do that is you have a board of directors that holds you accountable or you have a coach that holds you accountable to executing uh, those processes and I, and I or a partner that will hold you accountable. And if you don't have that, the likelihood of you staying the course until things really start to produce for you are unlikely. And that's, again, a reason why we have... of 1% that are able to build uh, a long-term successful business.
1: So the key things that I heard you here and there have a lot to do with discipline and accountability. Absolutely. But the industry as a whole
2: doesn't
1: attract those types of people typically, right? Because, I mean, it does in a percentage. the, The people who are true entrepreneurs and business builders, which I think... Uh, generationally, things are changing a bit. Like, the industry seems to be attracting a younger, younger, more entrepreneurial-type people is what I seem to think. Right. And those people are going to make a big difference in the business. I mean, uh, some of us that are a little older and have been doing this a while don't have maybe that same drive and the energy that some of the, well, the younger generation when we generation came into is. the
2: business, we were an agent at a brokerage.
1: That was it. Right. That was it. We didn't have any, Who, it, what we were considered an entrepreneur. I'm with
2: Caldwell Banker, I'm with Lyons, whatever the case may be. And now, what the internet has done, it hasn't really changed dramatically the relationship between the agent and the client, but it's changed dramatically the relationship between the broker and the agent. For so, sure, yeah. I think the broker
1: yeah. model's broken. It, yeah. Brokers, it's broken. Brokers are. In We're the only deep industry that pays
2: all of the money. Broker services is basically strictly a commodity at this right. point. Right. There's no value in perceived value from an agent to uh, supervise you.
1: I would agree with that. Right. I mean, when the, when they're charging, you know, three hundred bucks a deal, or so, it's really numbers. I mean, I right. know that Realty One has that model now, right, where they charge. Their whole model is built on number of agents yeah. and transactions, so they can make money off of other services. I think they're ancillary making,
2: services. and that model may work. I haven't seen the numbers, right. but you know, I I, I talked to several brokers that are between ten and and fifty agents and those brokers have to sell real estate to produce and they're spending a ton of time and they are creating a ton of liability with agents that they're making five to ten percent on and half of their people typically won't sell a house uh in that full year and so the the broker business is is and that's how we started as a matter of fact we started as 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 a broker we now have sealed our brokerage. We only create partnerships with agents that are at other uh, companies um, because th- there's there's no value there. So when we partner with somebody, we come in and we develop the business plans. We provide the staff. We provide the capital. We do all of those things so that they can um, be a star. But we don't bring them in um, as a an agent underneath uh, our flag anymore because it's quite frankly, not important. If there's a company that's willing to do it for $300 uh, a deal, um, that's great for them. And if they want to sell escrow services or mortgage services, however they're going to make the money, that's fine. What we want to do is we want to partner with agents Uh, who can implement some discipline into the lives that they can have a long-term perspective in what it is that they're doing and go from there. I watched an interview with uh, Jeff Bezos, um, the founder and CEO of Amazon.com. And he was talking about, and this is also one of my core beliefs, he was talking about um, why he doesn't manage his business for Wall Street because Wall Street wants quarterly numbers and he wants every quarter you're supposed to have good numbers and what he said is first of all if I did that if I'm manipulating my numbers so that I have a good quarter ultimately I'm going to fall down and that's managing for outputs outputs are basically the number of deals you close if you're using an analogy with with real estate and for us and what he was also saying is that he manages input. So the stuff that's happening this quarter is actually a direct result of something he did two years ago. And in real estate, it, it's 90 days, right? Or even more. No, I, think? I think it's probably over a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. if you're in a prospecting model where you prospect, it's probably 90 days to six months. But if you're actually growing a business and developing a brand, it's probably over a year. It's a longer period of time. So... To me, the the issue for for what agents and what real businesses need to do is they need to manage the inputs. What are you putting back into the business, not what are you getting out? And so most agents focus on the output. I'm going to sell 10 homes this quarter, or I'm going to sell three homes every single month. But there's no backtrack to say, okay, actually, how am I going to do that? And the other factor is is when we set goals, if we say I'm going to do – $250,000 a year. I am not a big fan of goals. I like what's called Do North. I want to have a business that looks like this. But an agent can't control the weather. They can't control the interest rates. They can't control the receptionist who didn't give the message to the underwriter about something special. We can't control so many things, yet that's what we focus on. We focus on the result versus focusing on what we actually have control over, which is our reputation, the work ethic that we have, the number of people that we're developing relationships, how well we take care of people, how often we're getting out and and, um, um, building our brand in the community and those things that we know have a direct correlation, but it's not a perfect one for one. And so our time and our energy must be spent, if we're growing a business, on the inputs of our business and forget about the outputs. So long in the business planning, you know that the inputs have a very strong correlation with the output that you want but whatever the output is is going to be what it is you can't control it
1: so help me understand this a little bit better when you talk about inputs you talk about what you were just saying all the effort that we put into doing the business in other words if you get focused on the money that's coming out at the end you're maybe not doing all of the work that you need to do to make that happen right like i heard i listened to a great um video the other day with uh Paul Martinelli from John Maxwell I don't know if you know who that is but he's pretty cool and he was actually talking a lot about charity and you know tithing and those kinds of things which yeah. I know you do a ton of charity work. And he was saying that many people focus on because his whole thing is to give 10% whether that's time, money, resources, right. energy, whatever you can, back right. to your community, back right. to whatever you need to do. We're a big believer in that. Yes, I know you guys are. And 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 the reason I bring this up is because the way that he addressed it, I thought was so fascinating, and it goes a lot, ties into what you were saying, is that many people say, okay, if I make $1,000 and I got to give $100, and they're like, well, I can't really afford that $100, or I don't know how I'm going to, I need to pay all this other stuff first and then do that. He said, well, what if you focused on instead of that, how much do you want to give Knowing that that's going to be ten percent of your income. So if you want to make a million dollars a year, don't focus on making a million. Focus on how can I give a hundred thousand away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How can I spend my time and energy giving a hundred thousand away, knowing that I need to make a million dollars mm-hmm. to give a hundred thousand away. Does that right. make sense? Yep. And so, I love it's that analogy yep. because it's a total paradigm shift. It was a huge eye opener for me because. I always thought, okay, well, if I make a million dollars, then I'll give a hundred grand away. Right. And it's just a a shift in the way you think. It is like I want to figure out how I can give a hundred thousand away. Right. So if I put all my energy and effort into figuring that out, the money will come. Right. In everything else that you do. Right. And it goes back to what you were saying: is if you focus on those inputs, right?
2: Right.
1: Focus on all that stuff that you can do.
2: The results are going to happen. No matter what. No matter what. what. So just. It's a
1: universal law.
2: Right. So it's the same thing. So let's say you want to lose 20 pounds in six weeks, which there are a number of people who are doing this thing and they're getting great results. I see it on Facebook all the time. It's results challenge. But the problem is is that you manage, oftentimes you will manage differently in in a way that's not sustainable. So you can eat broccoli and chicken, for six weeks, you can do that, right? <laughs> right? And that's it. And you can run five miles a day, and you can lose twenty pounds, or whatever the normal person loses—that twenty pounds—and that's awesome. They get to that particular goal, but it's not and sustainable. They have a fest. <laughs> but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. So what's the point of going through all of that effort to lose twenty pounds, where twelve weeks later, all of a sudden, half the weight is is back on, right. and so. To me, anything that we're doing has to be sustainable, that it can be done long-term because it's the long-term process and the compounding effect of those long-term things. So one of the things for me is uh, I've exercised uh, all my life, and I'm not um, in terrific shape, but I'm in good shape. And I'm able to do that because I go into the gym... And I work out until I'm mentally done. And then I leave. And I see people who come in and they're there. They work out for hours. And they work out for six months. And and they get some good results in six months. But then they disappear. Because they cannot sustain that. And so, again, this is... We're kind of jumping around here a little bit. But this is an an important part to executing a business that's going to have sustainability. Over the long term, and for me, if it's only short term results, I'm not interested. Uh, And the people that we work with, if they're interested in short term results, those are not the people that we invest in.
1: So, so with that, I know that just like you said, everyone wants the quick fix, Mm -hmm. and it's helping people understand how to make that paradigm shift to where it's a longer term plan and. Don't you think that what I see is many agents, when they got in, they didn't look at it as, this is my career. Like, they jumped in thinking they could make some extra money. Mm -hmm. And the ones who got in, like, I even think back to my history. I don't remember actually thinking, I'm going to do this as a lifetime career. I remember starting it thinking, well, this might be fun. Maybe I can make some extra money. And then I started to realize, oh... I can do this and this is something I'm capable of doing and I tell my kids who are 19 and 21 they don't know what they want to be when they grow up and I said well I was 30 and still didn't figure it out so you know even today I'm like you know 52 I'm still wondering what the heck am I going to do when I grow up so I think that might be some of the challenges is that in that initial interview and that initial conversation with people like, are you really looking at this as like a long-term plan or are you doing this to just jump in, sell a few houses on the side and jump out?
2: Well, I think that's a conversation that, that we're not having. And I I think that's one of the reasons why what you do is so important so that the people who come across uh, your training and and your coaching is that they can start to have this, this conversation because if, if if we do things without order, if the person has no direction, your business will have no direction. If if you're chaotic, your business will be chaotic. Um, if if you're sloppy in what you do, your business is going to be sloppy. And these are again premises from from the e myth. You are your business is a reflection of what you do, and if you have no idea where you're going, you know no matter. Uh, what happens, it's probably not going to be where you want to be because you're not doing things on purpose. And so if we go back to goals and, and looking at the output, we say to the agents that we are investing in that we want them to draw a picture of what they want their business to look like five or ten years from now. And, and so, And I say five or ten years because I'm not attached to it happening in that period of time. It's going to happen when it happens. We cannot control it. I'm not a particularly religious person. I consider myself a believer, agnostic, kind of somewhere in that realm. But the one thing I know for sure is that I am not God. And the agents that we invest in, uh, they are also not God. And so (laughs) therefore, they cannot control things that are outside of their element. So why are we spending so much time trying to do that? And so... For us, and there's all these cliches which, you know, drives me crazy. You know, um, uh, 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 what is the thing that says, you know, a goal without a date is just a dream, a daydream, or something along those lines. But what I want to do is I want to say, this is what I want my business to look like within X amount of time, right? I want to get there at some point. As long as what I am doing is consistent with that, Goal with that. If I want to walk across the country to New York and I'm sitting at San Francisco uh, Bay Bridge, if I start walking west that's going to make it really, really <laughs> hard, right? So as long I'm a
1: left-right w- kind of gal, James.
2: Right? I'm not a north-south. I don't okay.
1: know what way that is. <laughs> as
2: long as you're headed towards Tahoe, oh, there you go. that's east, right, <laughs> that you're going to be moving in the right direction, right. And, and, and that's the point. So as long as you're consistent, you're going to end up getting there. And what most people will do is they never complete uh, the journey. Right. And, and so, again, short-term goals... Uh, are to me again uh, not as important as having a due north that you're consistently uh, walking towards and you have to have the discipline and, and the dedication to be able to go through the uncomfortable uh, process of, of doing things when you don't want to like running that extra mile when you know that like you, getting you,
1: my butt back to the gym which I said earlier I gotta do <laughs> right so I
2: mean and I just you know I use this as an analogy because no, it's, it's, the analogy. Best, it, it's, it's the best it's it's the best analogy that, that there is so.
1: so here's my question to you as we okay. kind of wrap up today right so your son Donnie is now how old what 11. 11. So when Donnie uh, finishes college, or let's say he turns 18, he decides not to go to college, Mm -hmm. and he wants to get into real estate, Mm -hmm. what is your advice to him?
2: Uh, I think Donnie would be um, amazing uh, um, in any type of business. He has that that charisma, um, and hopefully he'll develop... um, the discipline to implement real business practices that will will pay off um, Donnie is um, uh, you know I'd, I'd love to see him go to school and, and have more opportunities uh, than just uh, the real estate field and he told me that he thought real estate was boring a couple <laughs> days ago and, and I said it's not about real estate it's about creating something it's about building something it's it's about dealing with people, but um, he doesn't see that, so he may see it some point in the future, but um, I think whatever Donnie does, he'll be, um, he'll hit his, his walls, and he'll have some successes. And
1: Well, he has an extraordinary dad as a role model, so that will help him go uh, very no, far in life. I do know thank that. You for that. Yeah. So what... What else would you like to tell agents who are out there really struggling with this? And and what's something for them to look towards? Like if you could just give them one tip right now and say here's what the one thing that you need to go uh, out okay, and do, so what would think, that be?
2: Yeah, I think it's a mindset. The, the mindset, number one, is um, stop trying to look for the easy way out. Um, uh, I, I, I had a, a manager saying that I had a couple of employees that were feeling some stress the other day, and I go, so. <laughs> I, anything, anything that is good comes from stress. Yeah, there's nothing that has real value without work, effort, stress. And so stop avoiding that. Um, the Road Less Travel, uh, written by uh, Scott Peck uh, is one of my favorite books. And the first line in in the book, is uh life is difficult and his whole argument is is just accept the fact that it's going to be hard and then it's not mentally as hard and be willing to to do the things that you don't want to do invest back into yourself invest money back into yourself and and be willing to do some of the stuff that is boring and hard for a while until you have enough money where you can pay somebody else to do it if you want to be a freelancer if you want to be an agent that gets a hundred percent, I would say if, if that's your mentality of keeping everything, you, you will, uh, struggle your whole career. I would have to agree
1: with you a hundred percent. Yep. Well, so James, this has been a fantastic conversation. If somebody wanted to learn more about the opportunities of working with the fusion
2: growth partners, where would they go? Um, They could go out to our website at www.succeedwithfusion.com.
1: Great domain name. I like that. That's new, huh?
2: Uh, Actually, it's old, but new now. You pulled it back? (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's always fascinating to talk to you. You're quite the inspiration in so many ways. And I thank you not only for being a great role model to the industry, but being uh, one of my very good friends as well. So thank thank you you very much for being on our show today.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Real Estate Real World, where we talk with masters and leaders in real estate and beyond on how we can raise the bar in our industry. Please subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes and hot topics on what's going on right now in our real estate industry, pop on over to www.realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email. Thanks again for listening. And go out there. Be a part of the elite masterclass in raising the bar on the real estate industry.